Labor strikes back. These are not the health plans we were looking for. And Iowa is the center of the political galaxy. What a week. I'm Matt Sinovic, the Executive Director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Lauren McMill, the Digital Director for Progress Iowa. Welcome to What a Week, where we break down the top stories of the week. We will jump right in and talk about recertification elections. Labor scored a big victory this week when uh, when public sector unions largely voted to recertify um, and and both AFSCME and ISEA and and and. and, and uh, a number of public sector unions won their recertification elections, basically meaning that they continue to that they can continue to operate and work on behalf of their members and really to the benefit of of every working family in the state. We've talked about this a lot in the past several weeks, um, especially during Labor Union Appreciation Month throughout September. And then last week, reminding people to vote. Uh, to vote yes or spread the word. So thank you for everyone who did that. And it was just a victory for working families all over the state. Um, Lauren, I mean, are you, uh, I mean, we, we've talked about this so much that I feel like we've, we um, hopefully expected this to happen, but uh, are you surprised at like the level of, of success that they had with recertification? I mean, this is the, what, the third year that mm -hmm. they've had to recertify. So I think we're getting to be a bit old hat at this right now, which I mean, the all but one of the ISEA locals passed recertification, and most of the AFSCME covered bargaining units won their recertification votes as well. And I think we're getting into a, not getting used to it, but getting into like a groove with it, I guess, where we know the the stakes. People are aware of what the um, what the stakes are. I hope that this doesn't mean that people become complacent about this because that's Definitely. that's been unfortunate for several uh, elections in the past. And I hope that this this level of engagement continues with with these recertifications elections. And it's important to note that these wins weren't just fifty percent plus one of the people who turned out to vote, um, as a reminder, it is, it is, they had to get 50% of the total membership. So if, if someone just didn't vote, then that counts as a no vote, which is a bizarre and, and incredibly, uh, uh, problematic way to run an election. But, but that's the way the Republican legislature and Repub Republican governor set it up when they passed the when they passed this law in 2017, so that's the that's the system that we're stuck with for now. But but even uh, against those odds, uh, public sector unions um, won won big victories this week. So so that is it, that is very very good news for the entire state. So this week in the Senate, Joni Ernst and Chuck Grassley voted on the Protect Preexisting Conditions resolution, and. As I'm sure no one is uh, surprised, they did not vote in favor of protecting people with pre-existing conditions. I'm I know shocked. everyone shocked. is shocked. Greg is on the floor. He's so shocked. <laughs> but so basically this, this vote was... Um, they killed a measure from Senate Democrats to overturn the ruling on the Trump administration's expansion of short-term health insurance plans, which are also called junk plans because they are junk. They are not 
Affordable Care Act compliant, which means they're not required to cover people with pre-existing conditions, and they don't have to offer anything close to comprehensive coverage like maternity care, mental health care, um, general, just general things that are, that a lot of us take for granted as like should be in your health coverage. And this is not necessarily a new thing for people in Iowa because similar plans were passed in the Iowa legislature in 2018 that Wellmark and the Farm Bureau could offer these health coverage plans, which were technically not insurance. So they're not regulated as insurance, but so they could deny coverage to people who have pre-existing conditions like diabetes, blood pressure, cancer. It's real nice when you deny people coverage yeah. when they have cancer. Um, but then they, they also can do the same thing that's going on at a federal level, which they can delete some types of coverage and basically say, we don't cover that. And I'm, it's usually maternity care, mental health care, and preventative care, which the ACA made mandatory and preventative care is free. And so it's basically just a giant mess that they have thought is going to make things better. And honestly, it's just going to make it worse because it's going to pull people out. It's going to pull younger, healthier people out of the pool, which is going to drive costs up, which is the exact opposite of what these people say that they want to do. Yeah, and I wonder if, I mean, we've talked to people who have looked at these plans through the Farm Bureau or or whatever, uh, whatever option and considered signing up for them and then decided not to when they dug in and found out exactly what you were saying, that, that they're junk. Um, but I wonder if this is part of the reason why over the last several years, you've seen the popularity of the Affordable Care Act increase politically. Because um, as people find out, like, oh, well, an insurance company can't just offer me a so-called plan that doesn't include things that should be in a plan. I mean, that's a big de- that's a big deal. And so there's some of these pieces of there's kind of pulling away or pulling back uh, some of the mystery behind what's in your health insurance plan. Because, you know, if you're if you're just if you if you get your plan through your employer and you don't have a choice in what it is, then um, then you really might not know what's covered or not. Or you might get two. Maybe they give you two options during your enrollment at the end of the year, you know, um, or, or just a few options. Um, but even then, it's hard to decipher exactly what you're going to need because the, the whole damn thing is so confusing. Uh, intentionally, I think, but but as people figure this stuff out, it's I think it's it's telling that 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 the support for the ACA has just increased and increased to the point where you don't hear Senator Ernst, Senator Grassley, or any Republican talking about repealing it anymore. You just don't, and that was like their whole campaign in 2010, 2012, 2014. I mean, that was there, and even Trump in 2016 talked about it. And not only have they failed to do it, but like they have lost the argument. They're also just instead, I well, they're still trying to kind of dismantle it, but like piece by piece where they take it's I feel like there is some sort of um, aphorism that's like if you take a brick in the middle of the night, you keep taking a brick in the middle of the night, you're eventually going to. Um, not have a house anymore. Maybe yeah. I made that up. I don't know. I feel like Sounds that's... Sounds good. Sounds I like a very like Midwestern-y kind of thing to say. A, so It's an aphorism or something. It is now. It's fine. <laughs> but 
So if they just keep and, and or death by a thousand cuts, you just take one bit. I like my brick metaphor That's better. Good. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> you just take one piece away at a time, whether that is the individual mandate that uh, was taken out during the tax cut bill, or really Trump tax tax break for the rich bill, and now it's in court and trying to basically keep maintain its constitutionality. Uh, whether that is the individual mandate that they got rid of through some sort of legislative mumbo jumbo in the tax cut bill, or now we're waiting to see if uh, the whole thing is going to be ruled constitutional because of the, I mean, there's a lot of like small minutia that most people could not care less about. Yeah, hearing which about, will impact them. Which will but, impact but, them. Right, but. but I think also just like. We all know if there are 1.3 million Iowans who have a pre-existing condition, that's half the state, which means we all know someone who has one. Whereas I feel like the language of like the individual mandate is so tied up in like, like I said, legislative mumbo jumbo that like it becomes one of those things where people are like, I don't know about that. Yeah. And I mean, the, I, I was a little bit surprised, but maybe not the, we we went and and with events and or, or we organized petition deliveries, um, people speaking out against the votes of Ernst and Grassley. Had events in Waterloo, Cedar Rapids, and Des Moines, working with a whole host of great partner organizations. Um, but when we went to the to to deliver these petitions in Des Moines to the offices of Ernst and Grassley, asked them if they'd made a public statement about why they voted this way, because they both claim that they want to protect people with pre-existing conditions. And then they voted against that on, on Wednesday. So when we went in on Thursday and asked what their reasoning was or what the public statement was, their offices had no idea. And no, there was no public what? statement. Right. So, what? so they're not really out there defending it. Maybe they're hoping that we're not going to pay attention. Um, there's a lot of other news going on with impeachment, with the presidential campaign, but we're paying attention and Iowans know that they voted the wrong way. Um, so that was, that was interesting and a little, a little disturbing too, that they wouldn't even offer up any justification for their vote. No, not even some like BS answer about, Oh, it's right. about money or this right. is, or, or this is about, reason. about choice because they love to bring up choice about economics, but not about anything else. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, with these votes, I mean, they keep casting these horrible votes uh, against uh, their constituents, and and I, I mean, I I don't know what the end game is for them with healthcare. I mean, they don't have a plan. They don't have a, a real plan. Um, Joni Ernst is like hemorrhaging support. Yeah. Her her morning consult numbers were down nine, nine points mm -hmm. in just the last couple of weeks, and that was even before this. Yeah, and. And it's only going to get worse for her and for Senator Grassley um, and for Steve King if they keep doing if they keep this up in uh, failing to support pe King. people's health care. So um, it's the number one issue. Uh, I think it was it was either morning consult or another similar national survey I saw that um, for for Democrats health care was like eighty percent number one issue for independents it was in the sixties and for Republicans it was almost fifty percent. So nothing like was Democrats even close. Like, I mean, let people have health care. Yeah, but I mean, even among Republicans, it was a stark like people 
this is their issue. This is mm-hmm. this. It was more than overall. It was significantly more than immigration. Significantly more than any of the other hot button issues that are out there. Um, people get it. People understand that they need good quality health care, and that Ernst, that Ernst Grassley and the Republicans are just not supporting it. I think also a lot of the Iowa ethos and like the Iowa nice of it is that like you take care of your neighbors and you bring over a casserole when someone's sick or when someone's family member has just died or you help your neighbor mow their lawn, you help them shovel their driveway. And the way that Chuck Grassley and Joni Ernst vote is like the exact opposite of that where it's very much like you're on your own bucko. And I'm not going to help you even if you need help. And that's just so not what Iowa is about. Like I think of, like I said, Iowa is like casserole dishes and snow and helping your, helping your neighbor shovel their walk. And this is like, I'm going to leave my neighbor in their house without food or a way to get out of their house. Yeah. And I think they get away with it because... If you're Chuck Grassley, you've been around forever. You go to Dairy Queen. You visit all 99 counties every year, supposedly. Not really. Right. But, um, but, and then if you're uh, Senator Ernst, you're similar. You're trying to build that similar profile. Even though she's in her first term, she she goes to 99 counties every year. Again, not really. Um, but, but that's her her claim. Uh, following in Grassley's footsteps, um, and she's perceived as someone who is, you know. Just very, very kind and nice, and 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 she uh, has that aw shucksiness yeah. about her. Um, and so that's the you know that's that's the 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 image that they're putting out there. But I but that is being just torn down because people people are realizing what these votes mean to their day to day lives. Iowa is, of course, the center of the political universe and galaxy uh, more so today than. Uh, than even normally during this this uh, caucus season, uh, the Iowa Democratic Party has its annual dinner this year. It's called the Liberty and Justice Celebration, or the LJ, which sounds very similar to those of you who have been in in the past. But it is not the JJ; it is the LJ. Uh, and we thankfully have our own in-house expert on this uh, who has worked the event in the past. So I'm just going to turn it over to you, Lauren, and, and get, I'm going later tonight. I know you are too, but like, but if people are listening to this and, and heading to the LJ, um, what, what's your advice? What would you, what would you suggest? There are 14 of the candidates who are speaking. Is that right? Yes. So and what would you uh, tell us I think to, to be aware of for tonight. Parking's going to suck. <laughs> so, uh, and it's going to be cold, so wear good shoes and a coat if you have to walk, which you probably will. Um, get there early so that you can, if you, especially if you have an arena seat, because they will they will fill up real fast. And it's in the Wells Fargo Arena, and I mean, I, you'll still be able to see things, but you'll be up in the nosebleeds if you get there late. And I think doors open at probably four thirty, something like that. Yeah. There, there, right. there's a website that has more information than I have, but. Um, I worked for the Democratic Party in 2016, right after the big 2015 one, which was kind of the smaller potatoes one, because during during an actual election year, it's not as important because they've already done the Iowa swing. It's, it's always important. I mean, it is, but it's also like the second that 
March hits in Iowa, the entire state empties out, <laughs> and every and just you know tumbleweeds will roll will roll through past the old campaign offices. Right. But so I used to I used to work the Greg's making a face. Do you have an anecdote, Greg? I'm just saying I, I won't have to wait you know ten minutes to get a coffee anymore. It's fair. Very true. Scenic route will just become compl- a, a desolate wasteland. I think you mean habitable once again. That's yeah. very I, true. I can get a table right. with an outlet. That's very... <laughs> Greg's very excited for March. <laughs> um, no, and we, we love having the caucuses here, and we love uh, being relevant every four years. And uh, so I, I worked for the party in 2016, and I got to help with... Um, there was That was the first year it was called the gala, the fall gala, after they decided... Uh, I think they did the right thing and decided that we no longer needed to call the 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 premier dinner in Iowa after two slaveholding indigenous people removing people. And uh, so I'm glad that it's no longer named after them. And I am I am excited to see how this new Liberty and Justice celebration name goes over. I do like that it's called the LJ because I, I am like definitely that. one LJ. of those people that still referred to it as the JJ just because it was it was so ingrained in me. But it's also one of those things that you have to get you have to change what it is because it changed. Um, I do remember I think Texas would when, when they were working on renaming it. Texas used to have a Jefferson Jackson dinner, but they call it the Johnson Jordan dinner now after 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 Lyndon B. Johnson and I think Barbara Jordan. um, Both, I think, not nearly as problematic. I don't know. LBJ has some like iffy stuff, but we're not we're not going to find we're not here to debate the legacies of Lyndon B. Johnson, though. That is Barbara Jordan seems like I've done research on her. She seemed like a like a swell gal. So also just a reminder, the Affordable Care Act marketplace opens today, November 1st, and goes until December 15th. So if you are one of those people that buys your insurance on the marketplace, if you're like me, uh, you need to you need to do that in the next couple weeks or you won't have insurance in the new year. And because the Trump administration decided that they don't want to publicize it anymore, we're going to do it for them. So this is your reminder to get on healthcare.gov and get your insurance for 2020. And please do not be shy about sharing this information online. We all have friends and family members who rely on on the marketplace for, for their health insurance. So um, as Lauren said, there's not as not nearly as much promotion going on as there should be. So um, we can help pick up that slack and and get get the information to the people who need to see it. That's all for us this week on What a Week. Thanks for listening. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are recorded, mixed, and edited by Greg Howenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.